The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You know, he's been hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start for him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killabrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Molitor Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, good morning. Welcome to baseball season. Jack Morris not with us today, though we expect to have uh, Jackson with us on most Sundays throughout the course of the uh, next six to seven months. Paul Molitor is in studio back in, uh, well, tan from a uh, <laughs> long stretch in, in, in Florida and in Fort Myers. Paul, always great to see you. And this is a little different for us because for the first time we're doing this in advance uh, of a season-opening game here at Target Field. It's only happened once before. That was 2013, and there are certainly differences in breaking camp and going home, for you literally home, sure. uh, than uh, going to yet another hotel. Well, hey, good morning. Uh, great to be back. Uh, obviously excited to get the season kicked off. Uh, yes, it's a little different. You know, we have opened on the road. You know, I coached uh, for Guardian 14, and this is my third year, and opening on the road. Um, it was a little different, you know, packing up to come here. But I, I'm excited about, you know, having the chance to play in front of our fans here for our first game of the season. Um, you know, you kind of just take whatever comes your way. When they tell you go on the road, you're ready for that too. But it's it's nice. It was great to have a beautiful, beautiful Minnesota spring day yesterday to kind of get organized and get settled. I was down here for a bit, and now we got to work out today. Uh, everyone's anxious to get started. Yeah, and the newcomers can realize that spring in Minnesota doesn't necessarily mean cold weather. I walked in with yeah. Danny Santana, and he was like, I was like, how you doing? And he looked up at the gray sky and was like, yeah, <laughs> yesterday was nice. <laughs> well, we also have to let them know it, it once it you get a day like that doesn't mean it's here to stay. Right. <laughs> Don't tell them that yet. No. <laughs> Don't tell them that yet. Let, let's talk just right out of the gate about roster. I mean, that's the last couple of days of camp and the decision to go with 13 pitchers. Uh, Bungle Park obviously played very well, which was great to see. Obviously, the 25 guys that are here tomorrow and stand on the chalk line right. aren't the, the only 25 guys you're going to see all year long. Talk about the, the process behind uh, coming to sure. the decision that 13 pitchers was the way to go. Well, I'll try not to get too long-winded. Um, the, the first thing is that I think there's such a focus on the 25-man breaking camp. You know, you have all winter to think about it, all spring training to compete for spots. Uh, it's what's out there to talk about, who's going to be on the team. And then you get through the season, you get to mid to late April, early May, and your roster's turned over by four, five, six people because of injuries or other factors. Um, and then that conversation you had before opening day doesn't seem quite so important. It kind of passes over. The other thing is, you know, we talk about the 40-man roster a lot. You know, you, after the season last year, you go through the process of who you have to add to keep. Uh, Rule 5 things, it's just a juggling act, and a lot of times it comes into play. You know, we uh, we were aware of it all spring, and, um, you know, you get down to the end of camp, a few people get injured, which uh, also hampers you a little bit about uh, on your flexibility uh, of what you can do and who you can add and different things like that. So those are, those are factors. And the last thing was that, you know, how people perform in spring training, it's important. Um, sometimes you use the argument to say, this guy's playing great, we need him, or, you know, we don't want to – get fooled too much by spring training because of past uh, track records. So it's always kind of a give and take. But, you know, at the end of the day, we wanted we wanted to have that extra pitching early, given the fact that 
cold weather, starting pitching, to go plus one in the bullpen seemed to make the most sense for us. Yeah, and you see so many teams who struggle early in the year. I look back to last year, no one would have predicted uh, an extensive rain delay on opening day, and you were behind the eight ball immediately with your pitching. Right. This year you, you've got some insurance. With that move, with Tyler Duffy now being in the bullpen, what does that mean for his future in terms of does, does that dictate that he'll stay a bullpen guy? Is it just a matter of him remaining flexible and seeing what the team needs and what opportunities arise for him? Well, I, I think I'd be very surprised if Tyler Duffy didn't start at, le- at least one game, if not multiple games for us this year. Uh, here in the short term, as far as guys that were competing for rotation spots that I thought were best suited to possibly transition over and help us in the bullpen early, um, he was one of those guys. And, and, and here he is making the 25-man roster in that role. So uh, how it unfolds, how our starting pitching does, how you know how long we feel we have to keep that extra arm in the bullpen will all affect uh, what what happens with Tyler going forward. Yeah, how many of your off-season opening day lineups had like Robbie DH? You know, a lot of those that you uh, I wouldn't have said that I had that, <laughs> had that in there to start. Uh, it just kind of took shape that way. You know, I'm, I'm a little concerned about having, you know, just three people on the bench um, out of the gate. But the good news is there's a lot of flexibility with those three people and positions they can play. And uh, ho- hopefully it works out well. One note you alluded to was injuries, and a guy that affected was Kenny Vargas, who was banged up. He's come back. He's he swung the bat a little bit. Sure. Is he full go to start the season, apparently either at, at Rochester more than likely? Well, our last message to Kenny was, obviously, uh, the WBC was a great experience to be a part of, and we don't want to take that away from people. Um, he didn't get consistent at bats. Um, that's just kind of the facts. And then he hurt his foot as in the first game back and, and had to be out of the lineup. Um, he is going to try to get himself ready to start the season with Rochester, which I believe is on Thursday. Um, yesterday, uh, he took at-bats uh, in the minor league game. Uh, they said his running was still somewhat hobbled. So we're just kind of monitoring his progress as, as to what we need to do with him as far as you know heading in and, and the roster and DL and all those type of things. That's a big hobble. That's a big hobble. <laughs> that is that's, a big that's, hobble. That's a little bit of weight to put on a sore foot. But um, he's come along pretty well. It's just taken some time for him to get back to where he's comfort- comfortable enough to play. Great to have Paul Molitor back in studio. It is the Paul Molitor Show. We'll step aside. Come back in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to the first Paul Molitor Show. There will be a whole summer full of them right here across our network. Glad to have you with us in advance of the season opener tomorrow. Again, it's a full day. Breakfast on the plaza a little after 6. You can roll on by, get a hot dog for breakfast. Uh, and, and nobody will scold you for having a hot dog or a brat for breakfast tomorrow. It's the best Monday of the year. Uh, the first 30,000 through the gates get the long sleeve tea. You can be shooting uh, selfies of you in your uh, Twins cap, flyover, and, oh, yes, baseball just after 3 o'clock, Twins and Royals. We're joined by Paul Molitor here uh, on the Paul Molitor Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. This roster, Paul, and this has been the question I think I get the most, and I think, yeah, I'm sure you do as well, most of the same folks, a lot of the same yeah. folks back uh, from last year. Starting with the position guys, the only two new position players are your two catchers, in, in Jimenez and Castro, both established major leaguers. How then, moving forward, do you anticipate or expect 
the same guys, maybe some in different spots, to be significantly improved, in particular defensively, I want to talk about. I, I heard that question a lot oh, near, near the end of camp. Um, I think, you know, in general, you could sit back and go, you know, here we go again. We've got the same people. Why are we expecting uh, dif- different results, definition of insanity, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, when you're talking about young players, uh, more so on the position side maybe than pitching, uh, these are people that have – uh, still have high ceilings. We haven't lost confidence in these guys to be high-quality major league players. But we just have a lot of them. And I think to uh, expect them all to develop at the exact same rate or as quick as you would like, it's probably not going to happen. But we're going to run them out there and give them a chance. You, get, you know, Kepler and Rosario and Buxton and Polanco, uh, Sano, uh, you know, these guys haven't played a ton yet. But we, we like the core. We like the group. Certainly try to spend a lot of time developing their not only their game but their confidence this spring and the pitching you know last year was our biggest downfall you can do all the analytics you want and break it down into how deep you want to but we didn't pitch well enough and we put a lot of burden on our bullpen with a lack of starting pitching innings um you know you go through it you know Irvin was very consistent we're hoping to get something close to that um Gibson is a guy that I challenged early in camp I, you know he's kind of leveled off here and, and and he needs to go forward we think he can he had a great spring Hector a little bit of good a little bit of bad last year but we got him from the start he had a nice finish to his camp Phil Hughes returning um didn't get off to the best starts in my mind but he was kind of feeling his way back to see where he was with his injuries and had a good finish to camp including pitching well yesterday and uh and then at the bottom, we got Mejia, an exciting young left-handed pitcher who is farther advanced than I thought he was after seeing him the one game in Kansas City last year. Um, we got some growing pains with him, but I, I like what he brings to the table. And so uh, you talk about the bullpen and all those type of things, and we got some more veterans. Last comment was, yeah, we've only added a few people, but they're high-quality character people that are going to help our team, whether it's Matt Belial, whether it's Craig Breslow, whether it's Jimenez or Castro. These guys are going to make a difference in, in how they prepare, the attitude they bring, and I think it's going to help some of our young guys. You, you drill on it, and this is something that you did last year as well and the year before that and the year before that. You drill relentlessly in spring to work on all the, the situations that might pop up over the course of sure. the season. Last year we saw so many times where things went awry in terms of defense, a guy not being in the right spot, a throw not being in the right place. I know that stuff wore on you, it wore on your staff and on the players themselves. Is there any way to know until the season actually starts and those situations pop up what kind of strides have been made in those little tiny things that you know, that all glue together sure. to become bigger things? Well, another focus was – in, in spring training was was how we handle the baseball, how we catch it, how we throw it, where we throw it, when we throw it, protecting the ball. Um, some of the young guys are still going to get caught up in the emotion of the game at time and make decisions that you might have to, you know, keep your head from spinning a little bit. But we feel we're better. Uh, I, I think they've learned enough to know that there are times when you – have to make the right decisions on the offensive end, on the bases, on the bases, uh, what we're doing with the ball defensively. Um, you know, just a quick example: Rosario the other day threw a ball home on the fly with two trail runners, but he threw the guy out by 10, 15 feet, and it, it wasn't ideal because if we missed the ball or drop it, we advance two players in the scoring position. But you know, it's one of those plays where. Early in the game, he had a chance to throw a guy out, and, and we saved a run, and, and we saved the big inning. So, um, yes, we're trying to minimize those things, understand there's still going to be some learning curve for, for some of these guys. You talk about learning curve, and, you know, each of the last couple of years, you mentioned this wave of youngish players. They're not 
total newbies, but they're certainly not established veterans right. either. And you see a lot of guys tend to, to take a step back or a half step back in year two. There's a book out on them. Sure. The league knows them better. This year, Max Kepler's in that spot. He kind of announced himself last year with some, some major ups, I think, back to the start of August, right. and also some downs where he struggled a little bit. He has all the tools to be a, a real, complete baseball player. Is Max facing that challenge now in year two, and how do you go into that with your eyes open to avoid the pitfalls that can befall a young player? Well, you do, and I think the, the different makeup components for different individuals will maybe cause you to vary on, on your communication and instruction and the words that you choose. Um, I think Max is in a pretty good place. He didn't have a great spring number-wise, but I thought he took quality at-bats throughout. Um, we're going to ask him to you know, hit maybe a different spot in the lineup. We've tried some different combinations. But as far as going backwards, I, I think he's going to have some up and downs, but there's just too high of a skill set to expect anything dramatic uh, drop-offs, at least in my mind, you, you're never sure what's going to happen exactly. You know, we saw it a couple of years ago with Santana and Vargas and Sano a little bit, you know, a couple of years ago compared to last year. Um, you know, you, you go come up here and, and you kind of let it fly. You're finally in the big leagues, and then all of a sudden you've raised the bar a little bit and what people expect from you, and then it's a little tougher to play to other people's expectations. It's going to be fun to watch those young guys grow up and uh, hopefully watch them all stride forward. Together, We'll take another break. Come back with more. It's Paul Molitor and the Paul Molitor Show on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Chris Atterbury, and you're listening to the Paul Molitor Show on Go 96.3. It's the Paul Molitor Show. Chris Atterbury with you. Jack Morris generally will be with us as well. He's going to uh, be a little busy this weekend, so we'll catch up with Jackson probably next week. Paul, uh, managers, uh, you know, hear it from fans on a lot of different things and probably none more so than the lineup. Now, all yeah. the data can be crunched up, and the changes in different lineup combinations in terms of run sure. expectancy are pretty minimal, frankly, when you start to dig around in them. And yet, it's a major focal point. You've used a lot of different lineups this spring, uh, lefty lineups, righty lineups. Uh, the key to a great lineup is having great players up and down it. That helps. <laughs> Do you have yeah. a favorite lineup right now? Well, you know, uh, I understand. It, it's kind of one of those fun parts of baseball that people like to sit back and either, either see how it works out or second-guess when it doesn't. Uh, you're right. There, there isn't a huge run expectancy difference no matter how you spin the nine players that are in there. It, there is some variation, obviously. Uh I've tried different combinations. The hard part about spring, to be honest with you, is it's not too often where you get your starting nine playing very long together in the course of a game. Uh, we didn't face a lot of left-handers uh, in spring training, so I didn't get a chance to do, do some of the things I wanted to against left-handed pitching. Uh, you have comfort, comfortability of players, of where they like to hit, where they feel that they're best. You know, that's not your, uh, your, your biggest reason, but you're kind of – you don't want guys somewhere where they're not comfortable. So – uh, you know, I, I like the combination that we were playing with there, especially against right-handed pitching, a Dozier leading off and getting Kepler and Buxton up there with, with Joe and Sano in the five-hole. And then, uh, you know, Castro's, we think there's more offense in there, and I think he, this spring he showed he's capable of, of doing some good things. But um, it always changes. But right now I kind of have in my mind at least my right-handed lineup. Tomorrow's a little bit challenging because we got a pretty good left-hander on the mound and, um, you know, it does better against lefties and all those type of things. But I, I got, I want to have my best defense in there, too, with Irvin on the mound. So the, some of those things come into play as you try to shape it each and every day. Would a lineup against Duffy on opening day be different than a lineup in, say, August when you're into more of a lefty-righty pattern? Possibly. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's – you don't want to not – 
give yourself a best chance to win. But, you know, quite candidly, when I look at my right-handed options tomorrow mm-hmm. um, and, and how they've done against Duffy and, and some of the matchup things that we've looked at, I, I don't think there's that much to gain. So there's a good chance we're going to see all four of our so-called starting left-handed hitters in there tomorrow, which is Kepler and Rosario and Joe and Castro. He's Paul Molitor, manager of the Minnesota Twins, back for one final segment when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to our network headquarters here at Target Field. Target Field will be buzzing tomorrow and for the next six to seven months. Chris Atterbury with you. Jack Morris will be back, I believe, next week. And Paul Molitor is here. Our favorite way to kick off a Sunday, it's the Paul Molitor Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. Paul, the opener is primarily about your club, and you don't, as a fan base, obsess too much about the opposition just yet, Uh, but let's talk a bit about the Royals. You're going to open with a ton of division opponents, and you're going to open with a string of teams you have not seen in Grapefruit League action either. Do you feel strongly one way or the other about that? Games we play against our division, well, 78 games or what it is, it's not surprising when you get a little bit, a heavy dose of them early just as far as balancing. I'd rather almost do that than get them all lopped up at the end. So you kind of spread them out the best that they can. Um, you know, our, our team last year, the, the start, uh, the overall record, and, you know, a lot of those things that they're just, uh, they've been tough to talk about. They still are when, when people ask about last year. I, I think it's important, um, never critical to get off to a, a good start, but I think with young players, you really would like to see that happen, just the confidence level of, of how to move forward. And we're going to have a chance to play all these teams early. Um, we're hoping for some decent weather in April because we're going to be in Chicago and Detroit and places that aren't uh, overly, con- you know, Cleveland. Uh, but, you know, we got to go on play. And I, I think a big focus in spring training was, yes, it's a long season. Yes, it's a marathon. But let's be ready day one the best we can to start playing some good baseball. A lot of familiar faces on that Royals team. And it's a core group that's kind of bound together for one more hurrah, perhaps, yes. before some contracts come up position-wise. Different, though, a little bit because you look down in that bullpen, you don't see Wade Davis down there warming up anymore. I know that breaks your heart. Well, uh, <laughs> man, he's been good, and, and there's no question that's something they're going to try to fill over there. And, um, you know, the, the, the tragic news is of them losing Ventura this offseason to the car accident is, you know, some, caused them to change a little bit their starting rotation. They got Hamill's. Uh, Hamill in there, so um, but yeah, they're they're still very formidable, very experienced. They you know they do a lot of good things. They really can run the bases and play defense. Uh, they put pressure on you, but uh, we're ready, and we'll get a chance to see uh, Duffy tomorrow and uh, Kennedy on Wednesday and, and Hamill on Thursday, and, and and hopefully we get off to a good start. Yeah, you mentioned put pressure on you. That's what you did as a player, and I know that's what you look at this club with the skill of some of these young players to do a variety of things on the diamond. That's the type of team the Twins want to be, is it not? Well, we we would love to be that type of team, and I think we're starting to blend into that. Um, Obviously, when you win and you compete and you have significant games multiple years consecutively, including postseason games, it's going to help your confidence in, in trying to do those things and see how they play out. We're still trying to get there. Um, I'm a believer that things can change quickly, depending on how uh, fast some of these guys figure some of the, the those type of questions out. But yeah, they they play an exciting brand of baseball that I that I'm a you know particularly a fan of. Well, we've only got uh, a couple minutes here, Paul. But home openers are rare here for the Twins. They yes. haven't done it since 2013, uh, and there is something special about 
being in your own bed and being in your own home ballpark on opening day. There's no question. I, I you know, to get home uh, uh, the other night, Friday, and and just after, you know, a particularly long spring. I think it was there almost 50 days. Um, it, it's it's great, and and we know the Twins fans have had to endure some tough years. Um, there's probably you know a little bit of wait and see. Hey, are these guys going to be any better? They got all the same people like we talked about earlier. But uh, hey, it's Twins baseball. The, the, the start of the year does bring optimism, and it's justifiable because things change in this game so dramatically year to year. Um, I am not going to you know come out here and make predictions, and I'm not going to put any limitations. Uh, I'm just kind of looking forward to see how these guys respond, not only to what we endured collectively last year, but just the fact that I think everybody's ready to play a little bit better style of baseball. Paul, great stuff as always. Uh, always a great way to kick off a Sunday, and in this case, kick off. Uh, the 2017 campaign. We'll let you get down to the clubhouse and get them all worked out, and we'll see you tomorrow. Look forward to it. All, all right. right. Thanks, man. Uh, Paul Molitor. It's the Paul Molitor Show every Sunday. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made, and this year's Minnesota Twins about ready to start making memories of their own. Now, a reminder, tomorrow's first pitch is just after 3 o'clock. We'll be on the air with our pregame lineup card at 2.30. Uh, Going to be a whole lot of fun. Irvin Santana makes his second opening day start, and he will tango with a uh, tough left-hander in Danny Duffy. It'll be the Twins. It'll be the Royals. We've got flyovers, breakfast on the plaza, free shirts, even a couple of bald eagles buzzing around the ballpark. And it is the greatest Monday of the calendar year. It's opening day tomorrow, and it's happening right here in downtown Minneapolis. For the absent Jack Morris this morning, and of course, for Paul Molitor, without whom there wouldn't be a show, I'm Chris Atterbury saying so long. This is your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to the Paul Molitor Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.